When Americans travel internationally, they often encounter nations and civilizations far older than their 245-year-old home country. As they explore new cultures, the travelers learn the depth and breadth of antiquity, often well-preserved in many of these foreign lands. How wonderful it is, they marvel, that we can take a trip back in time and see government buildings, houses of worship, homes, roads, markets, elements of entire societies that were established and active hundreds of years before the U.S. was even a thought in anyone's mind. While it's true that the story of the United States goes back only a few hundred years, indigenous cultures in North America had been thriving for centuries before Europeans set foot on the continent. Though sadly much of the history of Native American tribes has been lost, destroyed, or revised to favor colonial perspectives, a shining example of a Native American city lives on in southwestern Illinois, only a few miles from modern-day St. Louis. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the See America podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, the Cahokia Mounds. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your ultimate adventure with a Road Trippers Plus subscription and discover the world around you in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation, all ad-free. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com and save 15% off your Road Trippers Plus subscription with the code RVMILES2X. That's 15% off Road Trippers Plus with code RVMILES2X at roadtrippers.com. Before we get into this episode, some of you may have downloaded an unfinished version of our episode on the Beat Poets. And my apologies to you and especially to Abigail for uploading the wrong file. If your podcast app still has the wrong file, all you have to do is delete it and download again and you will get the finished version of the Beat Poets episode. Again, my apologies. Cahokia Mounds State Historic Site encloses the largest pre-Columbian Native American city north of Mexico and provides a fascinating look at what was one of the most complex urban developments in the world during the 7th through 14th centuries. The name Cahokia isn't the exact name of the indigenous people who inhabited the city. The original name has been lost to time. In the 17th century CE, an Alinawek tribe called Cahokia lived near the area, and French explorers who encountered the Cahokia at the time attached the name of the tribe to the location. Cahokia was the largest and most highly developed city in the Mississippian culture, a Native American civilization that spread through the Mississippi River Valley between 800 and 1600 CE. 
This diverse community covered areas from as far as modern-day Wisconsin to Louisiana to Florida to Ohio, and Cahokia also served as its religious center. Cahokia Mounds today comprises about three and a half square miles or 2,200 acres, though at the height of its expansion around the year 1150, it encompassed almost six square miles. The population of Cahokia, around 15,000 people, rivaled that of London at the same time. No written records have ever been discovered of their history, as many Native American cultures passed down their knowledge through oral traditions. What archaeologists and anthropologists have gleaned from pottery, stones, and shells, as well as the mounds, burials, and woodhenge, similar to the famous British Stonehenge, though made from wood, is that Cahokia was a complex society that resulted from hundreds of years of meticulous urban planning and architectural design. Here's Abigail. Cahokia's success and longevity is owed to several geographical factors. Relatively flat terrain, which aided in the construction of the city, its prime location at the confluence of the Illinois, Mississippi, and Missouri rivers, and the medieval warm period. This meteorological phenomenon, which lasted from approximately 950 to 1250 CE, literally fostered a climate most beneficial for growing a variety of crops around Cahokia and ushered in what can be best described as an agricultural revolution. The temperate climate plus developments in farming techniques advanced the growth of the fundamental three sisters crops in indigenous cultures, corn, beans, and squash. Climate change unfortunately assisted in the decline of Cahokia as the Little Ice Age, which occurred in the mid 1300s, cooled the region. Many civilizations did not survive. However, by that point, the technology of threefold crops agriculture had spread far past Cahokia. Not only did the rivers make Mississippian trade and travel more accessible, the Mississippians utilized Mill Creek Chert, a type of sedimentary rock specific to the area, one of their plentiful riverborne resources that lent itself well to the creation of small farming equipment and ritual ceremonial objects. Chert-based tool production and trade in the tools, as well as other handmade crafts, contributed significantly to the thriving Cahokia economy. Cahokia-made goods have been excavated as far north as present-day Minnesota, and archaeologists have discovered artifacts at Cahokia from far away as Lake Superior and the Gulf Coast. This attests to the significance of Cahokia as an important commercial center of the time. Cahokia citizens lived within a hierarchy. Leadership was passed down through heredity, which ensured peace, stability, and continuity in the community. The highest ranking person was a greatly revered leader or paramount chief who ruled over every aspect of life. Below him were priests and secondary chieftains, followed by village and clan leaders, then all the rest of Cahokia. Years of research and excavation show that Cahokia was created through thoughtful planning and offered its thousands of residents a variety of amenities. A large plaza for trade, a residential area where different classes of citizens lived in separate areas, a playing field for chunky, a game played with sticks and rolling discs, fields for growing crops, a wood hinge used as a solar calendar, and the mounds. Daily Cahokia life hummed with activity, 
women tending to both crops and children, hunters and fishers presenting their catches, canoes sailing along the waterfront, woodworkers preparing wood for fires, construction, and artistry, traders displaying their wares from far-off lands, artisans showing their jewelry, baskets, crafts, and pottery to the market on the plaza. While the main precinct of Cahokia existed within a huge wooden stockade with watchtowers, no evidence exists that Cahokia ever engaged in warfare, endured an invasion from hostile parties, or suffered a significant loss of human life due to outside influence. The wooden barriers most likely assisted in preventing floodwaters from entering the city. And what about those mounds? Three shapes of mounds have been discovered, platform, conical, and ridgetop. The mounds serve numerous purposes, sites for commerce and trade, political conferences, religious ceremonies, residences, and sometimes graves. These giant creations originally numbered 120, 80 of which are still in existence. It's hard to imagine a city, first of all, as well as the mounds, that big and complex, built without the advantages of modern, earth-moving equipment. Since the residents of Cahokia did not have any draft animals nor any wheeled implements, all the soil and other materials used to build the city and the mounds had to be carried by hand, usually in deerskins and baskets. The largest mound of the remaining 80 is called Monk's Mound, after the Trappist monks who resided there long after Cahokia ceased to be a city. Due to its height and centralized location, Monk's Mound appears to have been a temple and or residence for the paramount chief. Monk's Mound measures nearly 1,000 feet in either direction and is 100 feet high, covering almost 14 acres. The construction of Monk's Mound took over 200 years to complete and required over 55 million cubic feet of earth. To give an idea of a modern equivalent, it would be in the neighborhood of some 7,000 tractor trailers worth of dirt. A colossal undertaking at any point in history. The excavation of another significant mound, Mound 72, revealed what is most likely the burial mound of a man in his 40s. This man, referred to as Birdman, was buried atop thousands of shell beads, embracing him in the shape of a falcon as well as a multitude of finely crafted arrowheads. These indicate that this man held some position of significance in Cahokian culture. On a more grisly note, accompanying this man were four headless and handless men, more than 50 women in their 20s, and almost 200 other corpses, leading to speculation that they were unlucky participants in some form of sacrifice. Excavation of Mound 34 brought to light a copper workshop, the only known copper workshop of Mississippian culture. Research and analysis of copper remains at the site show that the artisans heated and cooled the copper, similar to the way blacksmiths work with iron. Though dramatic theories abound that a highly infectious, deadly disease swept through the city and killed nearly all the residents, or that some gigantic astronomical event destroyed the metropolis, or that the city fell under attack from rival tribes, none can be proven by the evidence that has been found at Cahokia. The most likely explanations have several components. First, the Little Ice Age may have increased yearly rain totals, which could have resulted in more catastrophic flooding than the structure of Cahokia was able to control. 
Second, Cahokia is near the powerful but generally quiet New Madrid fault line, and there's evidence that a giant earthquake changed the course of the Mississippi River between the years of 1300 and 1600 CE. Third, since little evidence exists to prove human activity such as deforestation and overhunting led to the demise of Cahokia, one theory is that social and geographical concerns led the Cahokia population to simply decide to pick up and move to another area. Cahokia Mounds is one of 24 UNESCO World Heritage Sites that are located in the United States. The Cahokia Mounds Interpretive Center is located nearby in Alton, Illinois. While the center is self-guided, volunteers are available to assist visitors in the center's gallery. The suggested donation is $7 for adults, $5 for seniors, $2 for students, and $15 for families. To schedule visits to the Orientation Theater and Exhibition Gallery for groups and field trips, contact the Great Rivers and Routes Tourism Bureau at riversandroutes.com. Cahokia Mound State Historic Site is located in Collinsville, Illinois, about 30 minutes east of St. Louis. This episode of See America was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu and written by Elizabeth Ellis. If you like the show, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to follow the See America podcast on Instagram and Facebook and join the See America Facebook group where we chat about some of America's greatest road trip destinations. If you're a national park lover, check out the America's National Parks podcast or come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road as full-time RVers on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com and use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Save 15% off a Road Trippers Plus membership with the code RVMILES2X. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. <laughs> <laughs>